Welcome to NFT Heat. We're bringing the top NFT thought leaders straight to you. If there's something you enjoyed on this episode, and we really hope you did, please take a screenshot of the episode and make sure to tag us on Twitter at NFT Heat. We really appreciate your support and you are the only reason we're growing. So to help us, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We'll then give your review a shout out on a future episode. Welcome to NFT Heat. Whether you're inside the industry or new to the NFT space or an NFT OG, we're going to provide you with the necessary NFT alpha to crush. We'll bring in the top guests and deep dive into how NFTs will transform the metaverse, DeFi, and social tokens. I'm Justin Shankro, the king of alpha. Well, I don't know about the king, maybe the prince. <laughs> From child actor to Stanford to NFT entrepreneur, this is my co-host, John Kraske. He's an executive. He was an executive in the design space, and now he's running an NFT company. He's in the trenches every day, learning, growing, and seeking alpha. John, how's the day going, brother? Awesome. Busy man, as always. Always. Living, living <laughs> breathing, sleeping NFTs, man. It's it's nonstop, honestly. 24-7, I think, right? I think I was, I've been up since 3 a.m., actually. <laughs> So. <laughs> you are you are the NFT machine for sure. We're two NFT insiders that are going to bring in the top NFT thought leaders in the space to help you learn the emerging trends and opportunities each and every week in 30 minutes or less. Let's get into it. John, who do we have on our show today? Today's guest is Sterling Campbell. He is not only a graduate of the University of Southern California like myself, but a Columbia MBA and VC investor. He's currently working on a very new, exciting venture in the NFT space. Sterling actually got on my radar with an article he recently wrote in Forbes about what you're missing and where NFTs are going, which we'll touch on a little bit more here shortly. Welcome to NFT Heat, Sterling. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. We're stoked to have you. Thanks for coming on. You know what we're going to do? We're going to hop right into a five-question lightning round to provide some alpha to our listeners. John, hit Sterling with the first question. Sterling, what is your favorite Discord? Ooh, it's a three-way tie between the Creatures, KIA, and Gutter Gang. That's super cool. By the way, I met Jake over the weekend, who's one of the co-founders of Creatures. Awesome dude. Told me I love him. Remixer, yeah? Right? Yeah, he told me the whole origin story with him and Danny. Amazing. If you don't have a Creatures NFT, get in there and get one now, because these things are going to continue to moon. Not financial advice, by the way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Second question. Why should people care about NFT, Sterling? Oh, there's a million ways to, to answer this one. I think the biggest thing for me is, is that this is, it's the doorway into deeper engagement with people that you like, with creatives that you like, with brands that you like. It's, it's going to be the future in which we, we engage with these things. And it, it really creates a lot of opportunities for creatives to monetize their art and, and, and a lot of other ways. I, I think there's a different way that anyone can like the, the space. And I, I think that that's the best part about it is it's infinite in its opportunities. Love it. Sterling, question number three. Is it too late for people to invest in NFTs? No, not at all. It, it's so early. And, and it's, it, it's said as a joke largely, but I, I continue to believe that it is infinitely early. Coinbase just announced that they're going to launch on, on, on their platform being an example. You know, All of a sudden, 44 more million people have access to these things. It's just the beginning. And, and that's why I'm so excited about it. That's why I can't, I can't stop thinking about it. Awesome. Awesome. Who should we follow on Twitter? Obviously, in addition to you, who else yeah. must follow us on Twitter? So I'm going to start with me at DJ Sterling C. Appreciate that. And then I have a couple more. It's at it's Tyler says 
who's one of the funniest accounts in the NFT space, in my opinion, at Money Mac. He's working on a project with Des Bryant that actually minting right now. At Moon Overlord, who's one of a self-proclaimed thought leader who I actually really admire. At Yat Maxi, who's the king of analytics and using Nansen. And then at Basil Alamary, who's a close friend of mine and has written very thoughtfully about art and its place in NFTs. Those are some good, some good follows for sure. Wow. I was trying to add those. I'm going to have to do that after the show. <laughs> that, was, that was great. I'll send you the list. I'll send you the list. <laughs> Thank you. Last question. What would you say to people that say NFTs are just JPEGs? This is my favorite argument that happens. There's a bunch of different things that I say. I, I, you know, the right-click savers, I usually say, like, go try to sell it. I think that's one of the biggest things. This is a, a topic that I, I can talk about for hours. I won't. But one of the biggest things to me is that as soon as people stop saying this argument, as soon as people understand that it's not just a JPEG, it's when it opens up your mind to all the types of opportunities. I can't name the amount of times that I've been talking to extremely creative people that are so hung up on the JPEG thing that as soon as they realize that there's an underlying contract, as soon as they realize the types of opportunities that belie the space, they start to create ideas. And like it, you kind of watch this person get converted in a way. It's very, it's very interesting to see. And I usually just tell them that. I just say they are much more than that. They might appear that way now. And some of them might end up just being that. But the reality is that the deep future here and, and the assets that will accrue in value, those are the ones that, that are more than just JPEGs. Awesome, Sterling. That's the lightning round. Guess what? Perfect five out of five. Top score. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. Serious heat there. So let's get into some more questions, Sterling. First off, how did you get involved in the NFT space? Yeah, so it's an interesting story. I was working at WME. I was doing music touring. I was a touring musician in college, went into music touring. WME was investing in a lot of interesting things. They started to become more than an agency. They bought the UFC. They started to jump into a lot of different things. And I was working closely with the finance and accounting department and the investment group there. And they were getting into CryptoKitties. And I remember thinking about it and thinking at first, like, this is so dumb. It makes no (laughs) sense. You know, this is like digital beanie babies. Like, who cares if it's the only unique one? Like, they all look bad to me kind of thing. And for the more that I thought about, like, the opportunities here and the potential here, even back then, I remember thinking, like, this is interesting enough to warrant, like, a broader look. At the same time, I was getting really into investing in crypto. I had been running on the side, this like investment alert service, which basically sent text to people every time I bought something. And I added crypto to that and people got really upset. And they're like, don't send us this. Like, we just want to hear when you're investing in like GE or, you know, Delta. And I was like, I'm trying to give you alpha, but you just would rather me give you Delta. And it was a whole, <laughs> it was a whole big, whole big thing that I was like, I, I started to get into it. And then last year, Justin Blau got really into the NFT space and he and I went to high school together. I've always been a huge fan of him and, and his work. And I really gave it a look for the first time. And I was like, this is going to be the future of engagement with artists like at its base. And then my mind just started going and going and going. I started investing. I had been investing in gaming post business school or during business school and, and post business school. And I've been investing in gaming and like there were huge use cases there. There were huge use cases on like the business that I had you know, grown up in and a bunch of other supply chain. And you know, you know, the list goes on. And for me, like, it just became more and more glaringly obvious that that this is a very digestible form of crypto for a lot of people that otherwise they couldn't really understand like the ICO era. They can't really understand 20 billion tokens, but seeing 10,000 units, it's digestible, it's easy to understand. And it's kind of a way to spoon feed the broader masses, like the utility of the underlying contracts. So for me, it's like it's been a long and weird and circuitous journey, but one that, that's been very rewarding and, and one that's like kind of stayed consistent since I started. That's awesome. I don't know if you want to touch on it now, but I know you're working on a new NFT venture. Can you disclose anything or? I can a little bit. The idea is essentially that we're going to be building the operating system for Web3. We really want to be able to enable creators through 
products and through infrastructure to be able to explore NFTs as a medium. We're looking to develop this by launching several top tier creators and their first entries into the space. We see a lot of bad actors. We see a lot of like mistimed or you know misappropriation of the culture and these types of things. And our idea is to bring top tier creators to kind of push forward like a new wave of, of innovation. That's about all I can say right now. We have several launches that are coming up that we're planning on dropping in November. So a little bit more to come, but for now we're, we're still operating in fairly stealth over here. Awesome. What's your advice to someone new in the NFT space? Say you're sitting down with someone's grandma. How would you break down NFTs for granny? So I basically just ask granny, like, what's her favorite cultural moment ever? And I've actually was just doing this. And I would just say, like, what's your favorite cultural moment ever? Like, wouldn't it be cool to say that you owned it? Or what's your favorite music video? Or what's your favorite piece of art? What's your favorite photograph of me? Any of these types of things. And not only that, but like, what if all of these things were more than just the what's up on your wall? My grandmother used to used to love like sculpture and art and all these types of things. And I was like, this is cool. But like, imagine if, imagine if like your Sam's Club card was also attached to one of these things that you actually really liked, something that you actually felt was descriptive of you, something that like exactly showed your personality. Everyone wears their personalities in such funny ways. And like, everyone kind of waits till people come to their house to show like who they are. And the funny thing is like, it doesn't have to exist there because most of your life doesn't exist there. Most of your life exists outside your home. And for me, like just being able to show just these basic use cases from like an art appreciation perspective, there's a lot of ways to get people to understand and be more into that. Super cool. And first of all, I love that your grandmother watches music videos because uh, mine doesn't. <laughs> just Johnny Cash, just the old Johnny Cash. <laughs> that's cool. Uh, that's very cool. And a great breakdown. Thank you for sharing that. So what are your favorite sources of NFT alpha? I know you mentioned some must Twitter followers early in our lightning round. Any podcasts or other social media followers or authors, sub stacks yeah. that we need to follow that you're getting alpha from? It's interesting. In the beginning, it was a lot of a lot of it's community driven and a lot of this moves so quickly, right? Like there are eras now where like photography NFTs are becoming very popular and finding the alpha on those is a little bit difficult because again, there's just a smaller amount of, of units there. 10Ks kind of help you out a little bit because 10Ks kind of, they show their value. Like at the end of the day, like there's a lot more volume, there's a lot more volatility, but there's also a lot more volume and liquidity and all these types of things. It's always been social media driven. I have my own process that not proprietary or anything, but I have my own process for kind of evaluating projects. One thing that I think is really important, and this is another thing where the endeavor that I'm on now is really seeking to focus is, is in execution. We have a lot of very creative roadmaps that have sold a lot of units on the back of. And you met Jacob and the team there. If you meet them, you realize how incredible they are. You realize they're doing something special. You realize they have a knack for executing, which I can't stress enough is a huge focus for me. And for me, that's kind of what I'm looking at going forward. Like everyone talks, everyone pitches something, everyone always has something to say about something, but to actually get in and see the teams themselves and to, and to actually see like, how can these guys execute? Anyone can make generative art. Can you execute? Can you actually create deeper utility? Because at the end of the day, do you want me to evaluate this as like a broader experience, like Creatures is becoming, or do you want me to evaluate this as just the art? And if you leave it at just the art, you're competing with a much broader market as opposed to the utility tokens and utility projects it all of a sudden becomes a lot less competitive and a lot more opportunity to expand. So for me, I use like social media and podcasts and things like that as like a baseline to find like my the top of the funnel. And then I think the deeper analysis is necessary now. One last thing I do want to shout out is the tracksuits at Intelligence Agency. It's just an alpha machine. Anyone that gets a koala that has a tracksuit gets added to the Twitter group. And it, it is like an actual, like it's so much alpha that I, I'm missing things every single day. They're a cool group. And I think finding those communities within communities is really valuable and shows like true like alpha generation. Yeah. Awesome. That's great. 
You know, Sterling, you got on my radar, like I mentioned before, with your amazing Forbes article. On, <laughs> I, I would love for you to maybe just dive a little deeper into some of those elements you wrote about utility, gamification, community that are going to be required for NFTs to gain mass consumer adoption. Yeah. So this is kind of what I was getting at earlier, right? Like people right now, you tell artists, you tell regular consumers, you tell people like, hey, NFTs are going to be really valuable. And NFTs are like the future of the engagement with fans. And they're just like, whatever, they're just, it's just pictures or like, or I'm not an artist or any of these types of things. And I think once utility kind of breaks through and once like true executors are in the space beyond just like, the initial hype machines. Right now, it's a lot of like smoke and mirrors, so to speak. And I'm not saying it's all nonsense. I'm not saying that at all. I'm a deep investor in the space. But my point is largely that like a lot of people are are buying on speculation that that this is the new wave of innovation. That is going to be true if true innovation comes and hits the space. So for me, like the biggest thing that needs to happen next is these JPEGs that you're holding need to all of a sudden be tickets to experiences. They need to be, whether they're real or they're virtual, they need to be access to something, whether it's information or content, they need to be some type of, of skin in a game. They need to be like seen in the real world. And that's like one of the biggest and most important things. So for me, gaming is like a very easy level here. Like you look at Aurori on, on soul, like one of the most successful early projects on Solana and there's true utility because it would, the characters are required to play the game. Cypher is doing the same thing. There's a couple different implementations of this that I think are really cool. Gaming is a very easy one. Everyone understands skins, et cetera. On the content side and on utility side, right? Like a business being able to offer discounts is a great example of like, if you own the NFT, you're like in the insider club, which again, you could probably pay for memberships, but it's non-transferable. It doesn't actually show anything and you can't actually show it off to your friends or anything like that. That's huge. There's also location-based NFTs. Like, basically having like a ticket saying that you were at some event, people sell their Super Bowl tickets for a lot of money these days. And like, they sell them after the event just to say like, Hey, I was at this crazy thing that happened. Or I've seen like a bunch of things of like people collecting their own tickets. I used to have like a whole wall of my tickets. Those types of things are going to be really cool. And more and more, you'll stop even hearing the word NFT and just be more of just an embedded fan experience of anything that you're a fan of. That's my opinion on that. That's kind of where I think things are going. It's an inevitability as like the space becomes more saturated from an art perspective and needs to become a lot more utility focused and actually like driven entertainment and driven content and, and all these different areas in which it's, it's possible. Love it. Also, by the way, big shout out to Aurora. I'm an LP in six man ventures. My oh, amazing. And Surge run. So, you know, for that wasn't even planned. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, we got in there early with a little investment. So big fan of that project. Thank you for all of that, Sterling. I mean, you touched a little bit on it, like some smoke and mirror stuff. What else do you see are some of the big challenges in the NFT space right now? Yeah. So the biggest thing that we're looking to solve for, in my perspective, is around the bad actors on the higher end space, right? So Lil Uzi Vert coming in and rug pulling immediately on his project, or you see like John Wall's entry, which kind of got rebuffed by a lot of fans or a lot of people in the space. In my opinion, like one of the biggest challenges right now is that the economic opportunity here is asymmetric, right? Like the amount of time that's required and the amount of people that you need to buy something is very low. And you can raise a lot of money off of, you know, very strong economics very quickly. But I keep likening it to someone basically running the ball all the way to the one yard line and then letting someone else run in. You're not throwing a pick at the one yard line, but you're but you're letting someone else score because of the broad long-term opportunity of like the residual income you could get from these projects. And in my mind, there's a lot of people that are entering the space with a very short-sighted approach. There are a lot of people that are entering with very short-sighted and bad actor approaches, and they're foregoing like a 
deep, deep level of income beyond what they're making off of the mints. So for me, I think it's, it's actually really interesting that like one of the biggest challenges is people not seeing the broader opportunity here and seeing it for just a cash grab, which hurts the space in general, takes ETH out of the system and also like could theoretically like ruin a fan's experience with the entire process, which again, it can be so much more than just money incentivized. So that's one of the biggest challenges. Another one I would say is, is kind of what I was saying before, like there's a lot of copycatting from both the art perspective as well as utility perspective. And I think true creativity and innovation needs to come much faster here. I think people are seeing the same projects with the same type of rewards or the same type of systems over and over. A lot of people kind of look to the board apes or other, you know, top tier projects to kind of guide their decision-making. And in my opinion, like that's not how you get out from under the noise here. The truth is that you need to create an experience that's beyond what exists now. I think that's one of the biggest challenges. And I think we're just going to see more and more of that as, as again, like I've spoken to a lot of the most creative people I've ever seen, and they have a bunch of really big ideas and, and a lot of really cool stuff that they're looking to deliver. And this is the medium to do it beyond all else, because of the economics, because of the engagement with fans and because of your control of the, you know, the system, it's not, you're not sitting on some platform. So I think a lot of those things are, are really cool. Yeah. Awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. So Stone, what, what are some of the biggest mistakes you see being made in space right now? Overpromising, under delivering, I think it's funny because it's such a culture of FUD that like you could absolutely crush it. And there's always going to be someone who didn't get, you know, who didn't get the men that's yelling you know, that you're, you know, you're all frauds and all that. And like, to be fair, I in early days in the space, I would do that for fun because I thought it was funny to like drive down price and then buy it low. I don't do that anymore, but like it was just a funny early days in the space where like you would just laughably just say, ah, you know, this, this project sucks. I didn't get one. And I think that like the biggest mistakes are being made are just being overpromising what you're going to deliver. And, and I think a lot of people are going to have a lot of problems with the DAO thing. I think the entire culture right now is moving towards doing DAOs. Board Apes kind of made a comment about this being they want to do one that's legally compliant. It's very easy to spin up a DAO. It's very easy to start like airdropping rewards and all these types of things. But the question about legality on that is, is still to be seen. I think too many people are rushing into too many decisions because it feels like that's where everyone else is going. And there's not enough decisions being made on what makes our project unique and what makes our project cool. There's a million different use cases of uh, NFTs. And, and it seems like we keep circling the same ones. And it's, it, it, I think it's time to break out of that. Yeah, makes total sense. Everybody I know is like rushing to DAOs, but we will see what happens. I think they can be the future, but like you said, they've got to be legally compliant and there's so much more tooling that we're going to see in the space, which being, totally. uh, it's being innovative now. Who do we follow besides you, obviously on Twitter and the other, you know, Twitter mentions and social kind of follows who are some of the thought leaders in the space that are really moving the ball forward. I have to shout out the gutter gang again. I think they're doing a lot of stuff that's, that's really cool. They're one of the early projects that, that didn't go full 10 K they try to you know, embrace scarcity even more. I think they're doing a lot of really cool things They're I think they're one of the first in-person events and meetups that happened in Vegas for GutterCon this year, which was incredible. I mean, I'm from Vegas originally. I couldn't make it out, unfortunately, but I saw them at all, all the favorite places I like to hang out. So I thought that was great. So I do want to shout out all those guys, you know, Dan, Mitch, et cetera, as well as Bobby Hundreds, who, again, like I was never really a Hundreds guy growing up. I always kind of pretended to be and wanted to be, but just wasn't really my my vibe. And I always liked the people who did. And I think his project not only showed that you could go above 10, which is an another thing that we're looking to focus on, is that the fact that like you can get broader and broader as brands enter the space, like 10K is going to be so small at some point, which is another thing that I think a lot of people need to zoom out on in terms of their projects. But I think that Bobby Hundreds, like he mentioned, he had a tweet the other day that said, like, we are not early, like we are the architects of the space, like we are the prophets, we are the ones who are creating the infrastructure that so succinctly spoke to like the mission of what I'm working on, 
in terms of building infrastructure for, you know, creators and, and all these types of things that I think that that mentality is what we need to have. And I think there needs to be a lot more building and a lot less, you know, buying and selling. I think if more people were in the space as builders or as like contributors, I think we would get to the place that people want to get a lot faster. And, you know, we'd have a hundred million users onboarded. We'd, we'd have a lot of these friction filled systems solved quite a bit. So that spoke to me pretty obviously. And then, you know, I've decided to kind of make that a little bit more of my work here. Dude, amazing, man. Sterling, you brought in so much heat, man. Just, it's it's <laughs> insane, man. He's bringing yeah. the heat. I'm trying, bro. Man. <laughs> I think you under-promised and over-delivered, man. That's, that's right. That's the kind of oh, heat. You see, that's, that you my, that's my motto. That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> so final question. What's yeah. the future of NFTs beyond apes, punks, and penguins? Yeah, it's a great one. I think it's everything, to be honest. Like I, and I say this like non facetiously. Like people ask me, like, what what do you think the market size of, of this is? I say, like, I don't even not even going to tell you. I'll tell you what the volume of on OpenSea has been the past couple of years or past two months. If I tell you what I actually think about the market, you're going to think I'm being facetious. And and the reality is, like, I think there are certain things that NFTs could be used for that people aren't even really thinking of that much yet. There's a lot of startups in the space that are just now starting to talk about this of like NFTs is verification for work. NFTs is like verification of your skills and abilities. NFTs is like contracts for your house or your deed for your house as like your COVID passport, even like all the types of things that like proof on chain. Like, again, a lot of this could go the same way of like try to say tokenize everything. You can't like tokenize cow carcasses. It's an idea that I've heard that I don't, I don't buy. Um, there's certain <laughs> things that like, obviously it won't work, but there's so much that can work. And I think it's the future of content. I think it's the future of celebrities relationship with their fans. I would bet my career on that part of things. And I would bet a lot more uh, behind that on, on the rest of this being, you know, a lot more taken seriously, the possibilities of generative art and like audio visual collaboration alongside the broader metaverse stuff. Again, a lot of it seems like buzzwords, but the true builders in the space are actually collaborating on these things. And it's only a matter of time before, you know, Oculus and hardware adoption hits a point to where metaverse becomes a lot more of a reality. And in that case, digital assets and their value becomes infinitely more valuable as more people get into the space. So for me, like being early is like everything. I didn't have the opportunity to be early on anything else. I couldn't have built an internet company. You know, I was, I was eight years old or seven years old at the time. So I, I, I felt like I missed that. I missed the era of like, right now we're in an agency world in, in NFTs. I think there's going to be a, a world in which everyone, everyone's looking at it. Companies are going to look at it. They're already kind of looking at it. The, the amount of calls I've gotten recently has been much higher than ever before. And it's because I finally feel like I'm early to something and I couldn't be more bullish. It's not going to be a straight up, straight up line, but I, I think there's going to be a lot of pullbacks and a lot of like doubt and FUD in general. But I do think that that's where things go eventually. I think every contract should be digital. We should get out of the paper age. And I think blockchain is a great way to do so. Yeah, no, I agree. I've never been more popular either. I'm literally getting <laughs> 150 messages on LinkedIn a week, probably right. 50,000 views on my posts. I was just like, wow, like... I've never felt more. Like, hit something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's amazing. It's John said, and you said, Sterling, like we all feel like we're early. It's exciting. I mean, we're incredibly bullish. And you mentioned, you know, what is the kind of market cap for NFTs? And I heard Ariana Simpson, who's a brilliant general partner at A16Z, and she's been in crypto since 2013. And she was talking about how crypto and NFTs, and from her standpoint, literally can touch every person in the world. We're talking 7 billion people. That's the opportunity, right? So, wow, that was some serious, serious heat you dropped, <laughs> Sterling. This episode was amazing. Thank you very much for coming on and bringing all the alpha, all the heat you did. We cannot wait 
to see your project and all the drops you've got coming up in November and where you're going to be going in the space because we know it's a moonshot for sure. Next week, tune in to NFT Heat. We're going to bring in another phenomenal thought leader who's going to bring some more alpha. In the meantime, get collecting, start learning, and continue growing. We're NFT Heat. Thanks. Thanks, guys. A huge thank you to two of the creative engines behind this show. First, to LaFlex for the super smooth intro and outro music. What you're hearing is the song Love to You off his 2019 album Flex Appeal. And lastly, a big thank you to Bernardo Rodriguez for the awesome logo for the show. You can check him out on Instagram at Art of Bernardo. Everyone, we just want to give you a massive thank you for listening to NFT Heat. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at NFT Heat, and we're looking forward to seeing you next week. Yeah.